This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we catch up with Director of Athletics Jason Fine to celebrate the success of the 5th Annual Friends of Bates Athletics Giving Challenge. Plus, a pair of track and field seniors ended their careers on a high note at the New England Division Three Championships, and the women's rowing team took home the points title at New England's, with the second varsity eight capturing gold. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The softball team faced a must-win game Sunday against Williams after losing game one of their doubleheader against the Eves in extra innings. And the Bobcats delivered, winning 3-2 and clinching the seventh seed in the upcoming NESCAC championships. Down 2-1 in the bottom of the fourth, senior Kama Boswell stepped to the plate with the bases loaded and two outs. Madison Mock, her 0-2 again. Off-speed, Boswell hits it hard and through the right side. One run scores, two runs score, and the Bobcats lead it three to two. Kama Boswell coming up big, the senior. The eventual game-winning hit from Boswell gave the Bobcats their seventh NESCAC win of the season, and now the Bobcats head to Tufts to take on the second-seeded Amherst College Mammoths Friday at 5 p.m. Bates dropped a pair of close games to Amherst during their regular season on the road, including one in extra innings. Find the links for live stats and video of this weekend's NESCAC tournament at GoBatesBobcats.com. Moving from the diamond to the water, the Bates rowing teams compete at the New England Division III Championship on Lake Quinsigamon, and the Bates women took home the points trophy, highlighted by the second varsity eight bringing back a gold medal by winning both their heat and their grand final. Senior coxswain Bella Soboleski led her crew to victory, and she represents the second varsity eight as our female Bobcat of the week. Well, Bella, first of all, the second varsity eight seems like it all came together this past weekend there um, at Lake Quinsigamon. What was really working from a coxswain's perspective for the crew? Yeah, for sure. So going into the heat, uh, we didn't really know where we were going to stand. It's a relatively newer crew. We have um, some new speed that we gained during our speed week during April break, and we've been working a lot in practice. So we really didn't know, and the last time that the 2V raced some of the same schools that we raced at or raced against um, this past weekend, you know, we were a completely different lineup. So we were really excited to see what's, what was going to happen. And um, we had our heat, and we, you know, we just executed our race plan, calm off the line, really held and fought during the middle, and then just took off at the last 500 and um, you know we have a lot of freshmen in the boat so it was I think a lot of people were very nervous <laughs> you know there was a lot riding on the race for them but we stayed calm and we stayed composed and um, I looked to my to my left because I was in we were in lane two for the heat and so I looked to my left where most of the competition is and that was really my big focus coach said focus on what's on your left you know MIT division one school is going to be on lane lane one on your right side let them do what they're going to do focus on what's on your left and uh, Bowden was actually doing really well and they were we were even with them and WPI as well and I was pretty surprised by that you know some main main school like Bowden that was really awesome to be able to to battle it out with them um and then we just kind of separated from the field from everyone who was on our left. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to shift my focus to W or sorry, to MIT. And it was really awesome. We just walked through them um, and 
great, great feeling. We didn't even need to sprint at the end. We just stayed pretty long um, and just conserved for the the second race for the final for later. Yeah, because there's some time between the heat and the finals. What's your approach yeah. kind of between that exactly. time period? <laughs> yeah, because the morning we raced at 9.40 and the afternoon was 4 p.m. So thankfully with this regatta and with NIRC's next weekend, we stay at a hotel that's really close to the course. And so we're able to just take a van up to the hotel, get a lake checkout room, and then all kind of rest, grab lunch, and chill there um, until the race happens later that afternoon. So that was nice. We got fueled and, you know, taking naps. It's like nine people in one hotel room, so <laughs> it's always a fun time. But we're very fortunate that we're able to stay at this hotel and be able to stay close to the course and that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, then we had our, our afternoon race, our grand final, and uh, our we actually had the third fastest time right. going into the final. So we, you know, we did not have the fastest time whatsoever. I think we were maybe like three or four seconds off from the fastest time. But, you know, different conditions for those heats, you can never really compare times. And maybe they had a really, really close heat. Like well, um, Wesleyan and Tufts were the top times, and maybe they had a really close heat. They were battling it out, like they had to secure the first, you know, or second position to get into the final. Um, and so, my coach said, "Okay, what's something you think you can do better going into the final?" And I was like, mm, "To be honest, I think it went really well. <laughs> it was pretty good, yeah. um, but maybe something that." other teams do that Bates doesn't really do is um, they're really aggressive off the start. Mm. We kind of have a more calm approach to the start. So he and I kind of agreed that we could have a much more, um, you know, aggressive, like fiery first 500 meters to really give some good confidence and secure that, okay, either we'd be out ahead or we could hang on to these other crews going into the, into the body of the race. And so we agreed that that was going to be the approach. Um, and we were in lane one this time. So all the action was on our left side. And uh, it was, you know, you never really think much of the outside lanes. People kind of pay attention right. to the middle lanes. So we just, you know, we had a really good, um, you know, very aggressive, very intense first 500 meters. I made sure to use my voice to make sure that, like, they knew, okay, we're going to, you know, be really strong here. And um, it was really Tufts and Wesleyan and Wellesley. I mean, it was a pretty close race, neck and neck and neck and neck with everyone there, all four crews across. But then uh, we really just decided, no, like, we're just going to step through them and, you know, walk up. And um, it was a battle with Wellesley for quite some time until I think the final 250-ish, maybe 500 meters, where we just really separated from them. And I would think I was on their bow seat or so. So I knew it was it was going to be a pretty secure win for us. Um, so that was an awesome feeling. But, um, but yeah, it was cool to, to watch the races back and see how close we really were for so long. And then we just decided together to move away. So that was good. Yeah, so being on that outside lane, I, it's a disadvantage sometimes, right? Because you're more exposed to conditions. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. so... Typically, you know, you'll have your chevron pattern where you have the slower crews on the outside, faster crews more so in the middle. Um, but at Quinsig, at Quinsigamon, at this location, the wind kind of varies sometimes. And so sometimes it's more of an advantage to be on the outside mm -hmm. lanes. <clears throat> so 
for us, Coach said, you know, it's not necessarily a disadvantage to be in the outside lane here, but know that you're going to have a lot of action across the board. So pay attention <laughs> to those other crews there. Certainly. And then you mentioned the 2V, you know, a lot of new faces for you, but your stroke seat is the same right now, yeah. right? Janice says, Bussy, what's it like working with her? Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. We were uh, in the boat together last year as well and made that journey to NCAAs and you know, knock on wood if everything goes well for the whole team on um, Friday, specifically for the 1B, then we'll be able to get that AQ. But she's been awesome. I mean, I think we just mesh really well together, and she's very responsive and receptive to what I have to say. You know, if I make any kind of calls or commands, she's right there, you know, making sure, okay, Bella says this, it's time to go. Like, we need to do this, you know? And even during the race, when they're tunnel vision, blacking out type of thing, she's like, the calls that you make and the way that you change your voice, you know, that really helps to to kind of communicate to me what I need to do and, like, the rates I need to change to. Um, And I think her and also, like, Lydia Barker, for example, my seventh seat, they've been, you know, really good spokespeople in the boat um also my three seat ollie young a, a fellow senior like as another leader of the crew they've those three i think have really been very vocal and um just you know really making sure that we have that confidence going into the season and you know we do have pressure on us there's such a legacy with this boat and so you know keeping that in mind but also remembering to have fun with it and to enjoy it um i think it's easy to forget that and they're you know the freshmen in the boat were like oh we look up to you guys so much like to genesis and to me and things like that so it's it's really nice to to have that kind of camaraderie yeah are those first years aware of the 2v legacy they must be at this point right i think yeah. they are yeah i think so <laughs> i don't know if they have explicitly known like how many times this boat has done so well but um it's funny we actually were talking about last year I made the choice to not tell anyone in my boat the legacy that the 2B has Mm. because I didn't want to put that pressure on them because there already was so much on them but um but yeah I don't know if we'll do the same thing again or not but I think it's it's pretty much it's a it's been known like how what's riding on this so yeah you touched on speed week uh for in april tell us more about that what is speed week yes so uh, we have a week-long april break the whole school does here at bates the students do and so the rowing team um you know we're done with exams at that point so we stay here and we train twice a day every day and so it's you know, it's not a formal, coach doesn't name it as speed week, but that's kind of what we call okay. it, just the rowers and coxswains alike, um, because we do gain a lot of speed during that time. And it's pretty intense. There's three hours, three-hour session in the morning and then a three-hour session in the afternoon. And, um, you know, it's great to get lots of mileage in, be out on the water. We usually do one session will be more tech, drills, steady state, things like that, lower paced things. And then one other session will be more um, sprint work, you know, race simulation type of work. And um, we had some, I know, remember there's some days where it was really windy or really rainy and sometimes you're like, oh, you know, that wasn't the best session we could have got, but it's helpful to be able to get on the water twice. And, you know, if we have one session that's not so good or the boat's not feeling great, 
we reset, take a moment, and then prepare for the next session. So it's a great advantage that we have, whereas a lot of other teams don't have that advantage. They don't get to go out on the water as much as we do like that. It's almost like a second training trip, yeah. if you will, like here on campus. So that's great. So this weekend, you mentioned Fridays and IRCs this year. Normally it's on Sunday, but this year on Friday. For the 1V, obviously it's all about qualifying for nationals. For the 2V, pretty similar to New England's, right? Not a whole lot different for you, is there? Yeah, not yeah. a lot, honestly. <laughs> Just rinse and repeat yeah. kind of thing. You know, that's the goal. We do see some new schools just because mm -hmm. it's the national invitational rowing championship. So I know last year we had, um, well, Hamilton will be there because they're not in New England. Right. Ithaca, you know, they're also in New York. Um, so some other schools that we don't, we didn't see last weekend, we'll see again. And they'll bring something else to the table, you mm -hmm. know, so that'll be awesome. But yeah, we're just trying to do the same thing. And we're having a pretty light week this week. We only have... We had a swing row on Sunday to recover two sessions this week, no mornings, um, or I guess one morning on Thursday before we travel just to load the trailer and things like that. But yeah, pretty light. So I think we're just trying to, you know, work with what we have accomplished so far and then go into to Friday with confidence. The men's track and field team finished an impressive third place at the New England Division III Championships over the weekend. On Friday, senior Eli Besh Dining ran the final race of his collegiate career, and boy did he make the most of it, winning the New England title in the 10,000 meters with a time of 30 minutes, 32.02 seconds, the third fastest time in the 10K in Bates history. On top of that, it was his first time ever running the event, and that makes Eli Besh Dining our male Bobcat of the week. My coach... Danny Feldman has been trying to get me to run the 10K pretty much all season. Uh, he, he's really been relentless about that, but I, I really, for the longest time, didn't want to run it since, you know, 10K, 25 laps around the track. That sounds pretty awful. I mean, in cross country, we only do 8K as the longest, and I'm, I've thought of myself more as a 5K guy. But finally, I thought, yeah, sure, I think this will be the last uh, weekend competition I do this season, and... I'll go out with a bag. I'll run the 10K. Uh, all or nothing. So, I, <laughs> yeah, my, my parents drove all the way from Concord. I think it was like two and a half hours. Uh, <laughs> I realized the night before that I hadn't even told them I was running the 10K, and they thought I was running Saturday instead of Friday. And then they showed up uh, Friday night, and <laughs> they thought I was running the 5K still. And I was like, nope, I'm running the 10K. And that was like 20 minutes before it started, so that was kind of funny. Uh, going in, I had seen the performance list that day or the day before, and it looked like I could run faster than everyone in the field, but there was a guy from MIT who looked pretty fast, so I wasn't sure maybe he would pose some competition. Uh, but once the race started, I, we were going out, I was in the barrel, so I had to merge into the lane one. And so after 100 meters, I was running neck and neck with the MIT guy, but we were going kind of slow. So I just started to go from like 200 meters uh, after the gun, uh, and I just stayed there for the rest of the race. Gun to tape, <laughs> so the race. Uh, I I think we did the first lap in about 79, but I the goal was to do 73, 74s, so I brought it down there. So I, I did. I did 73, 74s for the rest of the race. Apparently, I was fairly consistent. I went through the first 5K in 15-18 and the second in 15-13. And 
for the first 10 laps, I was just running by myself, but then I started lapping people, so it was kind of nice. There were people to catch again. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. For those who are not running experts, sure. 73, 74, you make those references. What uh, does that mean? <laughs> sorry. Uh, that, that's seconds per lap. Okay. So I... So my 5K pace is about 440, or like my PR pace, 440 per mile. Right. Uh, and so I wanted to run a few seconds slower per lap. So instead of 70 second laps, I did 73, 74. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it is hard to run by yourself. And so, I mean, yeah. lapping people obviously is a, is a huge benefit. But, I mean, when you have such a big lead early on, such a long race, how do you, you know, maintain your composure and like not like freak out it was, it was interesting it, it honestly felt i mean my first 10k it honestly felt more like a harder tempo than anything else mm. it was like a tempo with enough adrenaline to run a bit faster uh so i was just i don't i don't know i was kind of like in the zone i, I didn't ever really zone out but coach feldman was there every lap telling me okay just keep that pace. You're doing great. Or like once I started lapping people, like just one more, one more, uh, stuff like that. I, I would know it was kind of a weird sensation. I, it just felt like pretty monotonous. I just <laughs> was running the same exact thing for the 25 laps. <laughs> yeah. And so now that, I mean, you've, you've run a 10 K you've won a 10 K. Um, that was your last collegiate race though. Would you ever run a 10 K again? <laughs> just in any circumstance? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, I think I'm going to work for a couple of years out of college, yeah. but then I want to go back to grad school. Uh -huh. If, if I go to grad school, either this coming year, which would be pretty late, uh, application date, <laughs> but, or the 2024 year, I still have two years of eligibility. True. And so if I went D1, especially, I'd probably run a bunch of 10Ks, mm. uh, both in cross country and indoor outdoor. Yeah, you mentioned the eligibility, and that's because this was your first outdoor season, right? It was. Yeah. <laughs> um, COVID was part of that. Injuries, right, were part of that. Uh, oh. No injuries. Oh, okay. But as I was saying, everyone kept asking me, oh, this is your first outdoor yeah. season? COVID, COVID abroad. Yeah. Oh, abroad. Year, <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. First year was COVID. Second year, yeah. I would have had to wear a mask, which for a 5K or 10K would have sucked. <laughs> yeah. I went abroad. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So the, the only year you might have had a chance was that mask year, and there was no bid for that, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was your first outdoor season like? I mean, it's kind of wild having it as your senior year, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed outdoor in high school as well. It was It's interesting in college. I mean, I think it starts a little bit later. I mean, we started like April 1st, and it's only been a little over a month of competing, and now I'm done. Yeah. Uh, first was very rainy, very cold, uh, and then a couple of meets in between where it was warm. And then last uh, two weekends ago at Nezcax, it was rainy and cold again. So it's really been a variety of things. Uh, just dealing with the different temperature extremes. Except I, I've personally been lucky. I ran a race at, in Providence, Rhode Island, and then this past weekend where they were both at night, and it was like 50s. Oh, it was perfect. It was beautiful. Yeah, perfect conditions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, the team in general, third place showing oh, really like, strong. Yeah. Do you get to watch people on Saturday after you were done? Yeah. Oh, that was I was really excited about that because I was entered in the 5K, but I was like – no, my legs are dead. I'm yeah. just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna chill and watch people. I had such a good time. I was just running around the track the whole day, just cheering people on. That that was ideal for me. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, we had some amazing performances, especially in like the 1500s. The both uh, Ned 
Aiden Rooney and Chrissy, all amazing performances. And then the four by eight to end the day was pretty awesome. And I mean, the other events like sprints, uh, throwing were pretty good. I especially like the four by four did well and four by one. I think four by one was a on the all time list. Yeah. Different four by one combination than before, and true, yeah, got true. on there. Yeah, yeah, so it was a great day. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> what was your favorite event to watch? Maybe if you, uh, had to choose, if you had to choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either the Ned and yeah. Aiden's fifteen hundred or the four by eight because it's always fun watching them close in the four by eight. It seems like they really kick well, <laughs> and they won it. Yeah, they did another New England title. I know, um, and so that was. I mean, you know, that that's obviously great to see. Obviously, with relays being so important and everything, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess, well, just, um, any other thoughts you wanted to share, like, what your plans are for short-term now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of the other reasons why I'm done now. Yeah. I'm qualified for the next two meets, but I both want to enjoy the rest of short-term, and I'm doing this really cool coastal field methods class. So we're going to Short Ridge for the rest of this week, and then we're going to Winter Harbor the following week. So wouldn't be much time for practicing or uh, doing workouts, or I would just do them by myself. So I'm really excited for this short term. It's going to be great. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about the class. Ecology of Place. It's a bio short term, and I have the natural field studies GEC, so I do a lot of stuff out in the field. This one, uh, we're going to be doing some beach profiling this week. We've been looking at scallop spat bags. Spat are just the larval stage of scallops. Uh, just monitoring to see different distributions along the coast, looking at green crabs, looking at hemlock woolly agelids, which are an invasive. Green crabs are also an invasive. Um, yeah, I think that's the mo- most of it. So we'll just be out in the field on the beach at Short Ridge uh, measuring various stuff. <laughs> awesome. And then you mentioned, uh, you, know, you know, working for a few years before possibly going to grad school. So mm-hmm. what are your plans there, kind of? Yeah, uh, so I'll be living in Boston with my girlfriend, but I don't have a job quite yet. Um, I'm in the second round of interviews for one, and I'm applying to a couple others. I don't know. It'll either be a remediation job, uh, like testing soils at, like, Superfund sites and other contaminated sites to see how they best need to be remediated, or environmental consulting, where I'd be advising on, like, natural resource management and sustainability and things like that. Terrific. Well, obviously, you know, this being your last race this past weekend, I mean, when you cross that finish line, what's kind of going through your mind? Oh, well, I was just tired. Yeah. (laughs) Six miles. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, But right after, after I finished, I was like, wow, this is it. That that was the last of four years. I mean, I I missed a couple of years in between to COVID, but... That, that's crazy. Possibly the end of my running career, at least uh, in school. Uh, maybe not, but it. I've been running for like 12 years, so it's kind of a crazy feeling. What'd your parents say to you? Oh, they were really happy. Yeah. They, they were happy whenever, though. I think the only meet they've missed this whole year has been uh, Troy, New York. But mm. they came to Michigan for cross country. They've been to every other meet. Uh, they're going to miss having someone to watch at all these track meets, but... I think they'll find something. Maybe they'll go to the local high school meet. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about, you know, anything we haven't got to talk about perhaps? Um, wow. I, well, okay. One thing is I've had three different, like four different coaches in mm. the last four years, but my time at Bates has just been amazing. I, I don't regret it at all. I've really enjoyed running here and the flexibility to like go abroad, especially that that's just been great. And Danny Feldman, he he's such a great coach. The program 
is going to do great things with him as the new leadership. Awesome. Eli Best Dining, New England champion in the 10K in his final 10K and first 10K. <laughs> uh, Mail Bob of the Week, thanks so much. Thank you very much, Aaron. Speaking of making the most of your last track meet, Bates Women's Track and Field senior captain Abby Otterbein finished third in the heptathlon at New England's, breaking a 17-year-old Bates program record with an impressive 4,277 points. Well, Abby Otterbein, the best heptathlon in Bates Women's Track and Field history. Take us through kind of those two days down there at New England's. What was your kind of mentality going in? Probably going to be your last meet and your thoughts on like being able to pull off what you did. Yeah, so I went into the meet thinking it was going to be my probably one of my last meets, um, if not the last meet. Um, and Livy and I went down Thursday night, and our mentality was just let's have fun. Um, the past couple meets were a lot of rain and really cold, windy, and it, it just took the fun out of what track and field is. And so when we got to this meet at Springfield, the weather was perfect. It was between 60 and 70 degrees, sunny. It was really awesome to spend that weekend competing with beside Livy. Um, and we just had fun the entire time. Yeah, so the first night, obviously, four of the events? Four events on Friday. Yeah, yes. four events on Friday. So what's your thoughts going into Saturday, knowing you're in a pretty good spot after day one, right? Yeah, so I was – my goal this season was to – I was keeping an eye on that record. Um, and so after the four PRs I had on Friday, um, I didn't want to look at the score. I didn't want to look at what I needed to do. I just still wanted to say I, I want to have fun this last meet, and no matter what the outcome was – I was having a blast, and that was my goal. And you won the 800 meters within the heptathlon um, really by quite a bit. I mean, that race, and that was a PR for you. Uh, take us through that race in particular. Um, so the whole time my coach was saying 218, 218, and I know that that was a really ambitious goal for my coach to have. Um, and so my every time I run the 800, I go out way too fast and eventually slow down. And so my mentality going into it was, if I go out fast, just keep that pace, and eventually it'll just come together. And so I, I did come out too fast. I think it was around a 33 split for the first 200, and I just kept going, come around in um, about 70 seconds in the 400, and then just kept pushing. And I all my coaches were lining the track, my teammates as well, and it was just really good motivation to keep going and finish strong in a two-second PR in the 800 to finish out seven events. Excellent. And you mentioned, obviously, uh, Livy Kozik being down there with you. So what's it like having a fellow multi-athlete? I mean, all year, all all the last two years, right, basically? Right. It's awesome. It's really fun to train with her. She's a really good athlete. Um, we both have our strengths and weaknesses in different events, and so it's really great to have us balance each other out and be able to give each other advice. She's a really good high jumper, and so and I'm that's not my strongest event, and so it's great to be able to coach each other and just remind each other why we're doing this sport. Yeah, well, you PR'd in the high jump as well, though, right? So, it did, yes. Yeah. It did come together for me this weekend. <laughs> so you mentioned the coaches. You probably work with a variety of coaches, right? Because you do so many different events. Tell us how that how it has worked through the years, you know, working with, you know, maybe Danny and Kalina in the throws and, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so it's um, – I have to do a lot of planning for the week and coordinating with all the different coaches. Coach Johnson is the sprint coach, and so he helps me with the 200 and even in between the hurdles – Sprinting form, block starts, um, Coach Art is high jump, long jump, and is really good at helping me figure out the technique for each of those events. And we work together with saying what I what I personally think I need to improve on, and he helps navigate that. And then Coach Kalina, I work with him with the shot put and javelin, and um, we work uh, one-on-ones twice a week to get javelin and shot put put together. 
I remember you all said shot put was one of your favorites, right? Yes. What, why was that? Why is shot put one of your favorites? For me, it takes a lot of the stress away because you can really just try to launch that ball uh, shot as far as you can put it. And I just, it's so fun to see how far you can throw it. Great. And we had um, Eli Besh dining on for the men's team. This was, this was his final meet, and he won the 10,000, third all time at Bates. You were third in the heptathlon, first all time at Bates in that event. So, what's it like going out with a bang kind of like that, right? It's awesome because you work so hard all season, all year. For the past four years, I've really given everything to this sport. And so, it's, it's, feels really rewarding to finally have it everything come together. And now um, with Open New England's, I know a few of the women are going to be going down there. I mean, what can you say about what Jill Richardson has been able to do? You know, Chrissy Amon, some of your fellow upperclassmen, <laughs> their performances. The distance runners are incredible. I <laughs> do not envy any of them. I uh, watch their workouts. They're doing 10 400s, and I just, it's amazing to see them compete. And watching Chrissy's 1500 was incredible. She had a crazy kick and I think a 10-second PR, and it was really fun to watch. And then, um, so what's next for you now, since track, uh, that was your final meet there? Um, I'm looking forward to the rest of short term yeah. and finishing up. I'm in a short term called the German uh, German beer. Oh. And so we're learning how to, the process of brewing and everything that goes into beer. Oh, excellent. <laughs> you go to like local breweries and stuff for that, or how's that go? Um, this weekend, or this Friday, we're going to a malt house. Mm -hmm. I don't remember where, but, um, and we're going to see how the malting process begins. Great. Excellent. All right. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on maybe your time at Bates or this past weekend? I'm really grateful the opportunity to participate in a varsity sport here at Bates. I think it's given me a lot of opportunities and friends that I wouldn't have made otherwise. 4,277 points. That's a new Bates standard in the heptathlon. Abby, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Last week marked the fifth annual Friends of Bates Athletics Giving Challenge. And Bobcat Nation showed up in a big way, raising a record $636,368 over the course of three days. It's the first time the challenge has surpassed the half-million mark, and we're joined this week on the Bobcast by Director of Athletics Jason Fine to talk about that and much more. Well, we're into May here, and the FBA Challenge wrapped up last week with a record-breaking total of more than $600,000 raised in over three days. Director of Athletics Jason Fine with us here on the Bobcast. And Jason, what does it say about the camaraderie, the school spirit, the passion for Bates Athletics that this challenge was so successful in its fifth year. It's gotten better and better every year. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Always good to be here. Um, yeah, FBA Challenge was uh, heartwarming, inspiring, and what does it say? It says that, uh, the thing that I think we know about Bates, which is it's about the people. Um, our, our coaches and our student-athletes really rallied to the cause. I think the fact that we've set this up as a challenge um, speaks to their competitive nature, and it also kind of uh, dives into the competitive nature of our alums and our donors. Um, and every year it's gotten bigger and bigger, but, I mean, folks really, really came out strong uh, this year and um, got into not only the idea of donating towards their program, but also helping their program, you know, win out on this challenge, which I'm sure fed some, some more donations. So um, the people is really what made it, and I thought everybody getting out on social media and doing really cool videos and um, ideas for, you know, we had people out here getting pies in the face from <laughs> donations. I mean, it was, just, it, was, it was just terrific to see everybody get behind it. Yeah, the students set up different, like, incentives. Um, if you raise this amount, we'll do this, and that was kind of fun, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I admittedly don't know all of them. I did see some <laughs> folks going out with some cool whip and some pies, to, uh, you know, based on the FBA challenge. 
challenge uh, promises. So um, I thought that was that was just terrific that everybody everybody got behind it. But at the end of the day, the main thing is that's some much needed funds that uh, is going to go to supplement a lot of what we try to do here to help improve the student athlete experience, um, and it's going to go a long way. And it's really cool. I mean, obviously, the, the alumni are very much involved. I think you know we saw football alumni are reinvested in the program, it seems like, right? Absolutely. I think that, you know, that's been probably a long time coming. And to see uh, the future that they probably hope to see, you know, uh, down the line here and the, the way that the, the staff has come in and, um, you know, redoubled our efforts towards stabilizing that program. And, you know, you can see with the huge, uh, you know, first year class that we have coming in, the way that they've done things on the recruiting side it's the same thing on the development with alumni and uh, alumni and donors so um yeah i think that group has been uh you know really excited about putting their efforts towards something uh, big and they came out and showed it and swimming and diving every year uh peter and vanessa bring in those alums along with the student athletes right they they absolutely do yeah. they have their base that's that's ready to go they bring in a ton of donors um you know i i, I just to give a shout out to our friend Gail Dow, who always is a huge mm. supporter um, and an alum who always is, is looking out for the, the swim team and, and uh, helping them out um, in any way that she can, I think is, is great. But they have, yeah, they have a ton of folks who, who come out and help and, and men's basketball as well. Um, women's basketball. I mean, everybody is getting behind it. Obviously, we have teams that have a much longer history and right. much bigger alumni base so we try to um you know take that into account um but every everyone is showing improvement so which is great we also got to host a tournament this spring the nescac championship in men's golf and i am at martindale country club and got rave reviews from the visiting teams the weather wasn't great but uh, it was a great weekend (laughs) yeah that second day was uh, really (laughs) really rough um yeah but uh right mother nature was not used to Bates hosting uh events either uh for the nescac but it's great we don't get to host a, a lot of championships um our our facilities um you know which we've documented in the past and we're going to do a lot of work on improving that but there's certain things that we we can do and and our golf program you know has steadily been improving every year um over the last five years which is great so it was kind of perfect timing to to host the championship um the team was competitive which was great the team also has a uh, you know, thanks to some of their fundraising efforts, a new sim room and um, great simulator, which uh, I, you know, I wouldn't really know how to use, but uh, maybe someone will show me one day. Um, and I can work on my lefty slice, which would be terrific. But um, yeah, it, it, rave reviews. Uh, I think the, the the other teams appreciate it. The conference office uh, did as well, and it seemed like the staff really got behind it. Um, as did our our women's team. Uh, the folks that weren't competing came out and helped as well. So we had students, we had staff, we had everybody out there helping out. Yeah, men's golf tied for fourth, but they were one stroke back of a tie for second. So that's quite the showing. Absolutely. And uh, it's been great to see that with some care uh, with that program and the way that, uh, you know, our coaches have worked, the student athletes have worked, the the parents and the alums, uh, you know, have come through as well. Um, You know, it's nice to see a little bit of the fruits of, of the labor. So we're in May. We've got three sports still in action, basically, track and field. We've got rowing, and, of course, we have softball still going. Um, if you want to break up into men and women, it's um, a little bit more than three, but those three, yeah, basically. Sure. Um, you know, softball, big win there Sunday against Williams. Some, some exciting uh, action there. Yeah, and, you know, kudos to that team because they, they really needed that win. Um, yes. And the weekend had not gone the way that anyone had hoped or planned. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, 
no one could have would have been too uh, surprised at a team at that point going, okay, maybe this isn't isn't going to be our year and our weekend. Um, but they they came back and 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 kind of thrilling fashion <laughs> to uh, to get that win and make the playoffs. Look, I have no doubt, and I'm not saying this just because I'm the AD at Bates. That team can can win against any team uh, in the NESCAC and any team in the country. On and and the fact that you know uh, we had that thrilling game earlier in the season against Tufts, uh, I think shows that. Um, but it's playoff time. It's crunch time. Um, you've got to focus and just play good softball. And and if you if you take care of the ball and you um, and you play the way you're capable of, I think that we can really, really surprise some people this weekend. Um, but you got to, you know, just play a game. Yeah, Tufts lost once in the NESCAC all year, and it was right here at Bates. And then now the Bobcats will head to Tufts, play Amherst there on Friday. Um, looking at, you know, rowing this past weekend, I think for rowing, you know, a younger boat, second varsity eight, you know, first varsity eight had an injury. So it's been a slow process, but now – it seems like they're peaking at the right time. It seems that way, you know, and, and Coach Steenstra uh, and his staff, you know, definitely have a method to the way that they coach throughout the year, and we've, we've talked about that. Um, so things seem to be rounding out in the way that you would hope. Um, that said, you know, the, the competition uh, is just, it just gets tougher and tougher every year, um, and uh, we saw that last year. So, uh, the, the same the same players are are in uh, the water with us this year, and they clearly have have upped their game as well. Um, so it's really kind of thrilling uh, when you think about it. It's an exciting time, and that team we know um, with a lot of the the preparation they do outside of the water, um, even in just the mental part of of, of their sport, um, I think goes a long way. Um, but it's going to definitely be, be thrilling these next couple weeks. Yeah, this Friday, the NESCAC Championship is up for grabs at the National Invitational Rowing Championship for both the women and the men. So that should be interesting. Big day Friday coming up for the Bobcats in general. But uh, also track and field. I mean, Jill Richardson, New England title in the 5K. She won the 3K during indoors. She won cross country during the fall. She's from Auburn, senior captain. I mean, just a really incredible year for her, huh? It, it's really uh, incredible. It's unbelievable. Uh, Jillis, I saw her, you know, out for a run, uh, talking to someone, obviously, as she, as she was running the day before that, that race, which I can uh, barely walk and chew gum at the same time, and she's, you know, carrying on a conversation. Um, but it's been great to see uh, the results. I've, I've seen very few people that work harder, um, and I think it's great to see that, that paying off. But I really, uh, I think we're all excited to see how, how, it, how does it end. Yeah, we have Open New England's this weekend, and then there's a last chance meet, and then NCAAs. And um, pretty cool for the seniors. We have Eli Best Dining and Abby Otterbein on this week. Um, so if you're listening to the podcast, you've probably already heard the interview because <laughs> Jason, I think, is going to wrap it up. But, um, I mean, it's cool to see seniors, even if they're not going to compete at the national level, go out at such a high note on, on the regional stage like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you... Those sports, you know, you're you're racing against um, not just other folks. You're racing against yourself, and you're racing against time. And you're racing against you know challenging yourself. And to see our our teams challenging themselves right up to the very end and having great success, um, I think is kind of a metaphor for their time at Bates, right? The, everything outside of sports as well. Um, you want to finish strong, and um, so it's really it's really great to see. I'm glad that you had them on uh, earlier in the in the Bobcast. Um, and, and, and I'm excited to, to see uh, a finish, you know, here with rowing and track is, 
it's always exciting, but it's nice to see seniors having success at that, you know, peaking at that at that last moment. We don't have any more home events here, at least in athletics. But um, what are your thoughts on like goals for the summer from from a departmental standpoint? Um, well, I hope that people are going to get a little bit of rest, <laughs> which will be great. Um, but we're going to be busy. I mean, we've got a couple positions to fill. Um, we're wrapping up our strategic planning process, which you know has taken the whole year um, with a great you know committee of folks uh, across campus committed to helping us um, you know think out the next five, 10 years of what it is uh, going to be in Bobcat uh, athletics. And, um, you know, strategic plan-wise, we want to roll that out, and we're going to have a new president coming in in, yeah. in July, so it's interesting timing there. Certainly the fundraising um, piece is going to be ramped up as we try to raise uh, funds to build um, something in the way of a, of a new fitness and wellness facility um, and, and increase our offerings for uh, a fitness center on campus for uh, you know, incoming students, student-athletes, um, faculty, staff, uh, that will benefit everyone on campus, not just um, athletics. So we're going to be working uh, really hard on that. And um, so I think that this summer we'll get together and, and regroup a little bit, and hopefully people will get a little bit of a breather and, and we'll restaff where we need to. There's always some turnover at this time of year. You don't know necessarily who's going to move on to the, to the next thing, but um, you know, fall will be here before we know it. We know that. Absolutely. Well, Jason Fine, thanks so much for joining us with the update here on Beta Athletics, and congrats again to everyone on the success of the FBA Challenge. And Aaron, thanks for everything you do. We really appreciate it, and uh, go Bobcats. This is a big weekend coming up for the spring sports still in action at Bates with softball heading to Medford, Massachusetts Friday for the eight-team single-elimination NASCAC tournament. Rowing hoping to win the NASCAC at the National Invitational Rowing Championship and select track and field athletes heading to Northeastern University for Open New England, where they'll try to put up big marks while competing against athletes from all levels of the NCAA. And we'll recap all the action next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my